Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, hosted by me, Madison Pollock, Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor and integrative health coach. We're changing things up today a little bit, and Brandy Benson from last week's episode is interviewing me. Listen in to hear more about my story, what's changed in my life since cancer, and advice I would give to other cancer patients. Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Uh, today we have Brandy Benson back, round two. We said we would follow up and we did it. So hello, yes. Brandy. Hello, except for today we're doing things a little different. You're a in the hot seat. A little different. I know, I'm like nervous. I never get interviewed, so. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited. Brandy's going to ask me, you know, about my story and um, yeah. I can't so I can't wait. Hear. Are we ready? I'm ready. All right. So I would love, the listeners would love to hear about your story and how you discovered your cancer. Yeah. Um, So, and I did, I talked about this a bit. Me and Paige like did our first episode. Paige and I talked about our story, but, um, but I'm happy to go into more detail too. So for, I guess about like a year, yeah, a little, like a year, I was feeling a lot of like chest pain. I didn't really think anything of it though. It was weird. Like the first time I felt it was after I like went to this restaurant and then I had this like crazy pain. Like I like was nauseous. I had a fever from the pain. It was like a stabbing pain in my my left side of my chest. Wow. And it was so weird. And my brother had the exact same thing and we didn't know what it was. Like it was bizarre. And we both thought we just had like a weird bug or something like we both ate the same exact thing at this restaurant mm. and so now like I'm not gonna say the restaurant's name but I always say the restaurant gave me cancer um <laughs> maybe <know>. yeah <laughs> you never know <laughs> and so ever since that I don't know if that was like the catalyst to like the inflammation inside my chest or something mm-hmm. but ever since that then I started feeling that kind of same pain like on and off for a year it would come and go and then I moved to Austin, Texas, and um, got a new job. And I was like, so excited. And you know, it was great. I was there for I think, like three months. And then I was on a flight. Um, also, in between this, I was like working out I was I've always been active, but I was doing orange theory. And I would be coughing like crazy, like I couldn't catch my breath. Um, and everyone was like, looking at me always like I was sick, but I was like, whatever, I think it's just allergies. Like, I really just didn't think about it. Hmm. Um, and then I was on a flight back home to Austin from London for work. And on that flight, the chest pain was like really bad. Like it was scary. And I had had a swollen lymph node in my left armpit for about two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and that too, I would like called my mom and she was like, Oh, it's probably just hormones. Like, don't worry about it. Okay. So how old were you when this was happening? So 24. 24. Okay. Same age as I was. Okay. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was flying back. The pain was really scary. It was like an 11 hour flight. And, um, so I took Advil and it helped a little bit. And I also had like a shooting pain down the left side, like down my left arm, which was scary. Cause that's like a sign of a heart attack right. and my right. chest was hurting. So I'm right. like, okay, am I going to die on this London flight? Oh my gosh. Um, 
so I got back to Austin and went to urgent care like right away and they did an EKG mm-hmm. to see how my heart was doing and it was like off which is typical kind of after a long flight anyway oh, yeah 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 but she the nurse there was like you should just go to the ER because they need to do an x-ray because we don't have x-ray machines here right um and I remember being like oh do I really have to go to the ER like I'm gonna be sitting there all night yeah. it's like 5 p.m already and then I called my mom and she called her friend who's an ER doctor and he was like she should go like you know who knows like she should definitely go right so I'm so happy because I wasn't gonna go because my mom was like you probably are fine like you know, right. you never think anything's actually wrong. Because you're um, young, you're 24, yeah. right? you know, you just live in your life. Who would have known totally. that this crazy yeah. disease was, like, manifesting? I know, and it's not like I had, like, lost a lot of weight or, I mean, I had night sweats, but, again, just thought it was hormones or something. Right. Um, so it's just so weird. And then, yeah, so I went to uh, the ER with two of my friends. I got an x-ray they saw like an opaque my left side was like opaque the left side of my chest what's opaque? so um like uh foggy oh okay yeah it's just um, for the listeners kept, you know just in case totally no they kept saying <laughs> the word opaque and I was like I don't know what that means like they kept right. saying that to me so now I just say it um and then they did a CT scan and they found like a mass and the ER doc, I was still like not even admitted to the hospital yet. And he comes in and he's like, we think you might have lymphoma. And I'm like, in Austin, like my family's not there. I'm like, I didn't even know what lymphoma was. Like I literally Googled it. I was like, I don't have cancer. What are they? Like, I was like, these doctors are insane. Like they're crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, you never would think. So they admitted me and then my parents flew out that that night or like they were there the next day wow um and the doctors the hospital was so weird like oh my god they made me feel so uncomfortable the nurse I will never forget one of my like best friends was with me and the nurse came up to me and was like I heard that you can feel the lymph nodes can I feel them like I was like the like lymph node girl (laughs) in the hospital I was like are you guys talking about me like that's so weird wow it was bizarre and um, yeah. well obviously she's never been on a case like you so you were like special yeah. you know yeah I guess I was yeah. yeah I was the lymphoma girl so <laughs> and um and then so I was there for like a few days the doctors were also so weird like they were like it seemed like they were excited for me to like have lymphoma like they wanted me to get diagnosed with it it was so they were like smiling when they were telling me I was like I'm sitting there alone in the hospital bed I'm like you guys are freaking me out that's so odd. it was so odd and I'm like were they so young happy my doctors right now. no like it was so weird there were two male doctors um and yeah no they were all, like it was just so weird they they just didn't they didn't make me feel comfortable at all or like hopeful yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was so yeah. bizarre yeah and my parents thank god like were able to come and so we did a needle biopsy when I was in the hospital and then um we did that on Friday I had to wait all weekend and then on Monday came back inconclusive so I was like okay so I don't have cancer and all my blood work was completely normal what yeah everything was normal so I was like oh these doctors are insane Yeah. yeah and the lymph node felt like it was getting smaller and I don't know if it was just in my head Huh. But like 
it felt like it was getting smaller and we we're like okay well tumors don't like cancer doesn't shrink you know right, it grows right, right so anyway okay so I stayed I was like they don't know anything it's not cancer like so I just stayed in Austin for like three weeks um and then the chest pain came it went away and then the chest pain came back and I was like okay fuck this I'm going home to LA and figuring it out with my right. family and right like my mom's a nurse, like she knows doctors and figuring right, it out. Right, like cater to you and make you feel comfortable. Yeah, and not be smiling exactly. and telling you you have cancer. And yeah, like, <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, so, I'm being uh, excited about it. It's so weird. That doesn't make any um, sense. Yeah, and one of my brother's like best friends growing up, his dad is a radiologist, so I went to him for my scans, and he was like, he's the best, and um, you know, was like so of course empathetic yeah and so I did a full like pet CT um and they saw the mass in my chest like light up and then but thankfully it wasn't anywhere else right so just in my chest yeah so just stage two Hodgkin's lymphoma just gonna ask that wow yeah and um I was kind of like it was weird how everything happened I, I always get the like series I don't know if that happens to you I got the series of events mixed up now mm. Like, I got home, I, I met a surgeon, I met an oncology surgeon. He was the best because he had cancer. So he was like, so kind and like, he understood it. Right, right, right. Um, and so, yeah, I met with him. He did the full biopsy. I woke up August 1st to him telling me it's Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, I know. And then I was kind of like almost relieved because I knew something was wrong because I couldn't breathe and I worked out. I had chest pain. Like I, my body didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. Like when they said that, I was like, okay, now, okay, what do we do about it? Right, right, right. Like, There's a name well, for it now. You can proceed and find the course of action to fix the mm-hmm. problem. So yeah. what was the course of action? What was your treatment plan like? So, yeah, so then we met, um, once we did that, we did my PET CT to see the staging, and then I met with my oncologist, and it was chemo, so four months of ABVD chemo, and then one month, and then I had the choice, so I didn't know what I was going to do, but I had the choice to do four months of chemo, they were going to see where it was at, and then if it was clear or, like, shrinking, I could do two more months of chemo or one month of radiation, so they were just going to see but I ended up doing one month of radiation after the four months of chemo. Really? Yeah. I hear radiation is terrible. It honestly, like, so during it, yeah, during it, it was better than chemo. It's just quick. Like you go in for 20 minutes each day and you're under, like you're in a thing and it's fine. But I had a lot of residual pain from the radiation more than I did from the chemo. Right, 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 right. Doesn't it like burn? It burns you or something? So I didn't, thankfully, my dose or whatever was not high enough to burn my skin. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of breast cancer patients have to get a lot more radiation and their skin can burn. But um, yeah, like the dose I had or amount of radiation I had wasn't enough to like burn my skin, thankfully. Wow. Well, that's really good then. At least so, yeah. so when you did the chemotherapy, like what was your initial uh, thoughts about it? Like, did, did you yeah. think that it would, your, it, the cancer was going to respond to it? Did you, did you know that you were going to be getting sick? Do you know that like the severity of the being sick, like mm-hmm. what happened with 
Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so before I started the chemo, I, when I was meeting my oncologist, um, I was hoping, cause everyone kept saying like, oh, like this is the good cancer. Like if you have cancer, this is, this is the one you want Hodgkin's. What? I was like, yeah, great. <laughs> like, wow. So that made me think that, oh, like maybe I can just take a chemo pill or they can just do radiation and I won't have to do chemo and like yeah. lose my hair and go through all of it. Right. Did you lose your hair? But, yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> No, well, I have to do the whole thing. So anyone who says Hodgkin's is easy, like fuck you. It's not exactly, easy. right. I don't think it's any type tough. of cancer is easy. No. It sucks. Even if you just have to have surgery, it's not easy. You still have cancer. Like it's frightening. Um and so when he told me I have to do chemo, I like completely broke down. Like I was like, because you're just and then I just didn't hear anything else he said. You're just like thinking, great, I'm gonna be this sick person for however many months not be able to leave my bed my life is like we're both 24 like my life is now over pretty yeah, much pretty much yeah pretty yeah much. So, so when you when you so did you know a lot about cancer before you had cancer no okay no. Me either I used I to think maybe you did I don't know but I used to think that the reason why people were bald was because they yeah. had cancer not because of the chemotherapy Oh, okay. Oh, you thought so? Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I mean, I thought the chemo. I knew the chemo was the reason. Mm, I never. But knew I just didn't think about. Yeah, I didn't really like think about it. Honestly, I mean, I didn't. I haven't really had anyone in my life that has had cancer, and so I never experienced it with anyone else. Wow. Um, which is very lucky yeah. <laughs> in that sense. So. But yes, yeah, so I never really like thought about it. I mean, I, I just thought chemotherapy was a type of drug. I thought chemo was like one drug. Like you get, like chemo is the drug. Like I had no yeah, idea yeah. that it was. Yeah. So many. There's so yeah. many. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a cocktail. It really is. There's, you can get so many in that little IV and it makes you so sick. Yeah. Did you ever get it's, the metallic taste in your throat? Yeah. Ugh. So gross. The taste. And luckily, like I, I responded very well to chemo and I didn't ever get sick. Um, yeah, I was like very, very lucky. Yeah. I was nauseous, but I like figured out my kind of, I think that's something that I don't really talk about and I never ask people about, but I figured out like my routine with like, okay, leading up to chemo, this is what I do during chemo. This is what I do. And then after you do, what What did you do before, during, and after? So before, (laughs) so I told a story before, but it's funny. Before my first chemo, I asked my doctor, like, what can I do to, you know, like alleviate nausea? Like, what should I have prepared? And he was like, go to this doctor. I think his name is Dr. Frankel. He's like a specialist in weed and like using weed alongside cancer treatment. Yes. Yeah. And it was so interesting um, to meet with him. He was hilarious he was like definitely high and like eating food while we were meeting like he was he was great brownies um, I loved it yeah oh, good. and um so he like prescribed these like tinctures of it was like a 10 to 1 like THC to CBD and he was like take three drops of this before an hour before chemo and I was like perfect okay this is gonna like set me up for success yes. um I did it before my first chemo not a good idea I was so high oh god yeah I don't like that 
don't know. And I don't like being high, but I just assumed, I don't really know. Yeah. It was like, that was, it was insane. So I was so high. They were reading me off all of my possible, because you know how they read you off all your possible side effects of each drug? Yes. And I'm high as fuck. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, wow. so high. Yeah. I was literally like, to my brother, I was like, I might have to like cancel this chemo like I don't know if I can do it oh yeah but I it. <laughs> so how'd that make you feel being super high and then draw like horrible terrible yeah so horrible I mean I fell asleep eventually wow. I just had to like close my eyes and ride it out um <laughs> but it was Gosh. fine and then after that first chemo I don't know did you feel like I felt completely fine off the first chemo like completely fine what do you mean completely fine I felt like I nothing happened. Like it was so crazy. My body didn't really? react to it at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Actually, I think so. It's the first, second, and then the third. Mm-hmm. It took a while for it to like make me feel really fucking sick. Yeah. A while, but you're right. The first one, I was just like, it made me feel tired. I was like, oh, you don't feel too good. The second yeah. one, I was like, oh, I don't feel all that good. The third one was like, I'm like dead. Uh, yeah, tired and right. exhausted I don't feel good I, you know the symptoms are kicking in but you're right mm-hmm. yeah the first one wasn't too bad and then I remember the first one I did I was like playing softball after yeah so, on <laughs> the ball around and you know hitting the ball with my nephew and stuff and then after all yeah. that regular stuff started to happen I could not it was not working yeah anymore, but, yeah so um when you were in college during the time that you got sick no, um, no, I was out. So I was like two years out of college, two and a half mm. years. Um, yeah, so I was living in Austin and then I came back to Los Angeles for treatment. Mm-hmm. So how um, was it financially? Um, I mean, I'm very lucky, I have to say. I was still on my parents' insurance. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness they had. My mom has great insurance. Yes. So, and they... I mean, like, I will forever, of course, be grateful to them. Like, they paid for everything. So, thank God. Um, Very fortunate. Yeah, very fortunate in that way. And, yeah, I don't forget that. So Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some insurance out there that if you don't, like, have the money for it and you're um, sick or you're not getting better or whatever it is, they can drop you. Mm -hmm. Wow, really? Yeah. There was this girl, so I did like a little interview oh with her. She's a singer. Her name is Nightbird. Her name is Jane. Mm. I don't remember her last name. But she, her insurance dropped her and was like, no. Insurance yes. can drop you? They can drop you. Yes, they dropped that her. That is horrific. Was, I know. And she had, she had like a really bad cancer and ended up uh, disappearing and going away and then it returned and t- uh, so she ended oh up having God. to do like a really huge GoFundMe. People donate tons of like almost a hundred, uh, I mean like a hundred something thousand dollars to her. So she was able wow. to pay for her treatment. So that worked out well, but then it returned. Yeah. yeah so. Oh my God. I can't um, believe insurance can drop you. That's so crazy. And cancer is so fucking expensive. Like extremely. Did you know that? I was listening on a radio something. I don't remember remember exactly what it was. They were saying as soon as a doctor diagnoses you and tells you you have cancer, that's an automatic $300,000. Just like the bare minimum. I don't doubt it at all. Like 
I go for scans now, you know, every six months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I have now I pay for my insurance. Um, I'm no longer on my parents, unfortunately. Oh, um, <laughs> so I pay a lot per month, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, and my scans are like $8,000. I mean, I don't pay all of that, but, think, but I can see the bill. Crazy. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, yeah. I hit my deductible you know it very quickly each year yeah. yeah but I mean still it's just like it's so much money it's insane oh it's so much to money to keep you alive it's like yeah oh my gosh it's so much money yeah and if you don't make it out alive let's say like you didn't have the insurance and um you know you had to pay out of pocket so we'll say that you paid out of pocket you recovered oh but God. now you're in debt for the rest of your life yeah now, now you're even more right. stressed and you're even more ill and sick and not well it's just so true. Bad. It is. Yeah. So with your brother, so he had the chest pain. Did he? What was wrong with him? We don't know. He was fine. Oh, he was I, just, we have no he idea. Feeling like the same energy. He maybe he Are had twins pains. No, he's eleven okay. years older. Oh, okay. Hmm. We're very close. Maybe he was having sympathy pains, but it was so weird. Like I was in my apartment, he was at home, and he was feeling the exact same thing. It could have been bizarre. the food, though, and maybe yeah, it just maybe. triggered something. I know. I feel like maybe it triggered like an inflammation response and then it was like not going away, you yeah. know? Wow. So do you have any scars from it or anything like that from your Um, I have my, just my port scar. Port scar? Um, yeah. How, how was it getting your port in? I have to hear your story. Do you remember getting that in at all? Yeah, it was like easy. <laughs> really? Okay, so when they like, did mine... It was yeah. easy. So I went to sleep and they didn't tell me anything because everything was so quick and so fast. Right. They So I woke up. So it was like kind of like I was kind of sedated a little bit. So I woke up yeah. a little bit and I see that, you know, the port in my arm and there's a needle sticking out. And I'm like, oh my God, these idiots. Like they left yeah. the needle in my arm. <laughs> I'm like, uh. like what kind of care is this? This is terrible. Yeah. And I go back to sleep, you know, and I wake back up and I tell the doctor, like, I'm like, you guys left the needle in my arm and I'm all groggy. And they're like, that's how it goes. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But that's how it works. Yeah, they didn't tell me anything. It was just like, I had no really idea. Yeah. I had no idea how it worked. I mean, I know a lot of people too. I don't know if this was your situation, but a lot of people, um, they'll be like, okay, we're doing the biopsy. If it's cancer, we're going to put the port in while you're already asleep. Um, oh, so I, that was it. And then you wake up and you have the port and you're like, oh, oh great. <laughs> God. That would I suck. know. That I know. Oh, man. That would suck. Yeah. So do you have any like residual effects from the treatment or anything? So I did have, so right, a- right after, so, and this is like why, um, you know, I'm a health coach and all that stuff, like was really the after part of it all. Um, so those first three months, after I was like cleared or whatever was the hardest three months I've ever experienced in my life. Like I went back to Austin. I probably went back too early, but I was like so depressed. Didn't have hair still. I was growing back. Like didn't recognize myself. I'm like a single 25 year old, you know, like it was just so hard. And I, I just, I was like, what am I doing? I remember being at a work conference, like a Microsoft conference for work. And I remember like just not caring at all what any of these people were saying. I was like, I could care less about like paid advertising for yeah. your brand. Like I right. just don't care. Right. Um, 
And then I was, and then one of my coworkers I was there with, she was explaining how she was doing like nutrition on on the side, like studying nutrition on the side. Mm -hmm. And she was explaining how she helps her, she helped her dad lose like a really significant, like 20 pounds or something over a period of six months Mm -hmm. and how his life is like changed. He's so much healthier. He feels so much better. And something clicked. I'm like, okay, like I need to be doing something like that. And also I need to be feeling better because I had a ton of pain still. Oh yeah. Um, so I had a lot of like chest pain still from, I think the radiation. Mm-hmm. I had my left arm like vein still hurt a lot. It was still hurting and I couldn't really straighten my arm all the way. Um, wow. And I just, yeah, it's so much anxiety and um, like, crazy so I mean I went on anxiety meds I'm still on them because I can't imagine life without them yeah me too me too yeah me too. I'm really young mm-hmm. yeah it's like they're, a, it's like a breakfast so. yeah exactly like I'm proud to be on them they're amazing <laughs> they, they and, let you um, cope that's for sure they do yeah they just I mean they helped my brain calm down a little bit um and yeah, so that was kind of that was what I experienced right after. Um, and then I think like three months after that, at my first scan, I that was when I asked my doctor, like, you know, should I be eating something differently? Like, what should I be doing now to have this not happen again? Because they always say like the first year, first two years, yes, we have to really be careful, keep an eye on you. And it's like, right. okay, well, what can I be doing to help? Right. Um. So he didn't really have an answer. He was like you know, follow the Mediterranean diet, like avoid red meat. I was like, okay, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I started like researching a little bit more, asking around one of my best friends, her cousin is a nutritionist. So I started like asking her and then she pointed me to the health coach um, program that I did. Wow. Well, that's good. So it's like out of cancer, you were able to find a, a true passion for yourself, for oh, yourself 100%. and others. Mm-hmm. 100%. So when was the, so when you first get, when you first got diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. do you automatically think you're going to die? No, I never had, I never had a fear of dying. I think it was, really? yeah, I think it was wow. because everyone kept saying like, it's the easy cancer. Huh. So I, you know, I had, I mean, it wasn't, e- it's not easy in the sense of treatment and everything you have to go through it's Mm -hmm. easy in the sense of curing it like they know exactly what to do and it's like a 95 percent rate of treating it wow so does it ever return for people so it can yeah people have had it return um after the two years it's pretty unlikely and after five years it's like right you're very very unlikely yeah like you're good you're good knock on wood but yeah are you almost (laughs) know no, I'm at like two. Two? Mm-hmm. You'll be there. You're, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Yeah. You'll be yeah. okay. Thank Aww. you. So with cancer, of course, <clears throat> what has changed in your life? What has, mm. so the person that you used to be compared to the person you are today, what is like the difference between those two people? Yeah. I feel so many things like (laughs) I feel like I'm so I'm so different in ways I feel like I'm mentally stronger like I don't really care about a lot of things yeah do you feel the same way yes 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 yeah I'm like what like 
no, who cares? Like, you know, I don't know. And I don't worry so much about like what other people think anymore. I yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I Which, wonder, so yeah. weird that I feel like a lot of people who have, I don't even know, like, a, so people can't say that I've talked to, they always say yeah. what, they always say that, that, that they don't like small sweat stuff anymore. And they've appreciate life a lot more. And I feel mm. like, I wonder if you have to be pushed to the brink of death to like really mm. appreciate the journey of life. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, yeah, I think we just all get so stuck in our ways every single day and just go through the motions. And I mean, like I sometimes do too, you know, like it's not like every day I'm like, oh, this life is so beautiful. And I'm, yeah, you know. know what I mean? Like We're some human. days, of course. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I think going through something like that and like, I don't know, your life is on pause. And then you're like, well, I never want to go through that again. Or if I do, I want to make sure that every day, like I tried my best to live a more meaningful and like not as stressful life for myself if possible. Right. Meaning like, I'm not going to care what that boy thinks of me. And you know what I mean? Like random shit like that. Right. Did you ever do any pleading with God? No, I don't think so. I'm not very religious, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what I do with yourself. Like if, if I, yeah. if I get better, I'm going to do this or, you know, God, if you give me a second chance, I'll do this or anything like that. Yeah. I'm sure I did. I think, but I can't really, I can't think of like a specific moment. I mean, I remember like, I tried really hard not to get in a place of like, why me? Like, why did this happen to me? Mm. Because, and I don't honestly believe if, I don't know if I believe in karma either. Really? Really? I know. I know. (laughs) My gosh. But not in a way that like, I'm going to do something bad and nothing's going to come of it in a way of like, I don't think I got cancer because I deserved it. Or I don't oh, think anyone no. got cancer because they deserve or they did something bad. Do you know right. what I mean? Right, 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 right. However, we we as humans, we are the only ones who put labels on things. So mm. we are the ones who perceive things to be bad or ill or not good. In mm. real, in, in like the world, it's just what it is. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just um yeah I remember like the night before chemo, I would always have a breakdown. And that's kind of when I would like allow myself to be like, to do the why me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I just knew how bad I was going to feel the next three days. Like, so I kind of like allowed myself that. And I'm sure during that, you know, those breakdowns, I'm sure I was like, I promise I'll do better, you know, after this is over and things like that. And I think I just tried to anyway, just. Well, sounds like you did. In general you went from advertising to a like a health nutrition lifestyle yeah so definitely yeah I still do some of the digital marketing but I do um health coaching as well which has been like just I like love it so much oh that's so good yeah that's so good yeah. so what would so do you have any like cancer patients that you work with or is it just yeah oh wow. so I work with people after cancer. So cancer survivors. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So what is like the perfect diet then after to keep it away? 
Oh, it's very, it's very different for everyone. Okay. The perfect diet. Perfect diet. Um, I'm all about like sustainability and like, I would never tell anyone like you have to cut out dairy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everything is good in moderation. Um, I personally don't eat red meat. It just makes me feel better. My doctor said not to, so I'm going to listen to the one thing that he said. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, with every client, it's so different. We kind of start from like where they are. And it takes time, like, because I think it's interesting, too. I don't know if you're kind of, like, in this in the nutrition space at all, but um, diet culture is very, like, it's going away, and it's kind of looked down upon now, which, like, I like. Because, mm-hmm. like, it shouldn't be about a diet. Like, you, if someone's doing keto and it's working, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Right, that's um, true. It should be about what works with your body, what are, are you like eating vegetables? Like, are you eating things that are actually good for you more than the things that are not? Right. And just how do you feel? Like, do you feel energized and healthy and good? Or do you feel bogged down and tired all day and, you know, bloated? Like Mm -hmm. all these things have to do with food and then food, that feeling affects how we react to the world and how we, you know, uh, portray ourselves and, so I think there's just so much to it, but, um, a lot of people don't think about it. A lot of people think, okay, well, I want to lose weight and I, you know, want to be healthier. So I'm going to cut out everything and just eat <laughs> smoothies. Right. <laughs> <For fun days. laughs> smoothies and hot, um, smoothies and tea. Yeah, exactly. Salad, avocado salad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just salad with avocado. Yes. Yeah. You need real food. That's that's so true. So what is the, are there any cancer causing foods that are out there that you know about? I mean, I don't know about cancer causing. Like a lot of people say like sugar causes cancer. I've heard. Yeah. Which it really doesn't like sugar feeds all of our cells. It doesn't just feed the cancer cells. And if you don't have cancer in your body, sugar isn't going to like cause cancer. What causes it is being overweight can cause cancer. Um, you know, being unhealthy can, but healthy people get cancer all the time. So it's like, yeah, I think really it has to be more of a mindset of uh, not out of fear, but out of like being thankful for your body and nourishing it and right. knowing what it needs and like listening to it. Our bodies tell us what they need. We just don't listen. That's so true. Oh my gosh. All right. So uh, uh, on that topic. <clears throat> yeah. How do you like feed yourself spiritually? I know you said you're not very religious. So yeah. do you do yoga? Do you like, how mm-hmm. do you get to your Zen state? Yes. I do yoga. I do a lot of, yes, namaste. (laughs) Um, I do a lot of journaling. Um, Yeah, I think yoga and like, it's unfortunate because during COVID, I haven't done as much. Um, Just because like, I love the like, the room, I love like going into the room and like not having any electronics Mm -hmm. and just like being there. And it's hard for me to do that in my own space. Right. I've started meditating more, which actually has been really nice. Um, I need to do it more. It's very hard to do. Do you do it? Do you meditate? I do it all the time. And you know, meditating is not only sitting cross-legged with your hands, you know, like this Mm. and and your eyes are closed and you're humming and stuff. Meditating is, can be 
any form of walking and you're mm. thinking about stuff and you're manifesting things that you want into your life. Meditating could be um, you're listening to music and you're really tuned in to whatever the beats are or the, mm. the instruments. I mean, it's just being really like your heightened awareness of whatever. Right. So it doesn't have right. to be sitting down and whatever it is, but I do do that one sometimes. It's, it is, yeah. it used to be really hard. I've gotten better. I, yeah put headphones on, I listen, and I put a mask on my face. Oh, that's smart. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> so it's I hard. Hear, I don't hear anything. Yeah. And then I just oh, and I I like do that. a guided meditation. So they tell me mm-hmm. what to do, and I do it. And sometimes I fall asleep, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. And I wake up, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, how long have I been out? But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, it's I like, I do love it. I mean, I think something I have like a really nice morning routine that I do uh-huh. um I love mornings like I love just like being by myself it's not even light out yet like I just love mornings really yeah wow I think I What's know your birthday? um October 19th I'm a Libra huh interesting okay I don't really know much about the signs <laughs> that's another time but okay so you love the mornings the mornings are great for you yeah. So What's I think that's So wake up, I have a hot cup of water with what lemon. Time, what time do you get up? Five. Oh my gosh. I know it's really early. Wow. <laughs> okay, so very early. I go to bed really early too, by the way. Okay. So you're going to bed at nine. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. Wake up. Weekends, I don't do this, but weekends, I still wake up so early because my body's like used to it. And I'm like, it's kind of unfortunate because I'm like up at like six and I'm like, <laughs> I just want to sleep, but I can't. <laughs> my body's just up. Wow. Um, yeah. So wake up at five. I drink a hot cup of water with lemon. I write in my journal, whether it's like, I have this mindfulness journal right now that I'm loving. It's really nice. Um, and yeah and then I do a workout um and normally I would go to a class but I just do one usually in you know my living room (laughs) now um and then yeah then I shower and get ready and start work that's my morning routine wow that's nice I like it that's amazing. I think I got up early. Oh my gosh. I get up at 7 30 every day and I don't have to be at work till 9, 8 45. And I think that's early. That's great. No. I just, I think part of it is too that I can't, first of all, my brain works way better in the mornings. Just like if I have to do like something that takes a lot of thought, mm-hmm. I have to do it in the morning. Um, And then I have to work out in the morning. Yeah. It, like I just have to do it. So in order to have time, you know that's so true and I really really want to do that just because it's it's good and you know I'm working from home and now at these hours are just crazy hours oh, so I need yeah. to do that because if not then I have a gym that's like 20, open 24 hours but when I'm done with everything it's like 11 30 at night oh my gosh I know oh I yeah go to sleep I wake up to, you know do, do everything I have to do but I get to bed really really late but I would love yeah to like switch it around and get up early in the morning and, and do all that. Yeah. I haven't gotten to that. So do you do any, did you have to do any physical therapy after your treatment and your, um, nothing? Oh. No, 
No, nothing. Um, I I did yoga throughout my treatment. That's actually kind of when I found yoga. Oh, wow. Um, and that was what I worked out. I would, like, get treatment. Then three days, I'd be, like, so tired, just lay in bed, allow myself to do nothing. And then the fourth day, that morning, I would always go and work out. So I'd either do a hot yoga class or do a bar class. Mm-hmm. And I would sweat it out, and it would, like, actually take my nausea away. So... Wow. I was very lucky that I could work out during it because, of course, so many people can't. But, um, but it like saved me through it. Wow. So, do you feel like um, having cancer either brought your family closer together, or has it done the opposite? Mm. Um, we've always been close. It's probably brought us closer, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we've. I'm. Yeah, I mean, I have an amazing family. Like, we're all so close. I lived with my brother and my sister-in-law and my nieces during it, um, which was so fun. Like, they, I knew I wanted to live there rather than my parents. I love my parents. But I just knew at my brothers, like, they would make me get up because they were, like, little baby girls running around. Yeah. And they just made me smile every single day. Oh, like, nice. they're just the funniest, sweetest little girls. Um. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, my family was amazing during it all. There for every second of it. So I was very lucky. Right. So I see a lot of people, this is when I was getting treatment, they always didn't have support system or they were getting uh, diagnosed alone and they were by themselves or they were going treatments by themselves. They didn't have anybody to be there with them. So you have your family with you for your, your treatments and you think that's, one of the main reasons or a key component that helped you recover or um, respond to the treatment well? I think, I think so. I mean, I know I can't imagine not having people there with me the whole time. Um, I do think having that support, I mean, I don't know if you experienced this too, but like uh, when I found out I had cancer, like so many people reached out out of the woodwork, like that I hadn't talked to in 10 years and um, so that was like, amazing. it was, I don't know. I think that was like fueling it too, of like, there was just so much support. Hmm. And I do think that's a really big factor in healing and how your body reacts to everything. Right. So you were receptive to the people who were trying to reach out to you and mm-hmm. give you support. That's good. I was the opposite. I didn't, okay. I didn't you were like, to... leave me alone. Yes. <laughs> Only like to my immediate family, I was um, you know, open and receptive to it. And I, you know, mm. was fine with it. but like friends that would call me out of the blue friends that would literally come from whatever state they were in to come see me at the hospital. I'd unplug yeah. my phone. Yeah. So they couldn't, you know, and I know that they got off the airplane and I'm just like, I don't even care if I want to see these people. I'd unplug yeah. my phone. I'd tell my nurse, don't say that I'm here. <laughs> I just I didn't want to do or see anybody. For yeah. a very long time, which is not good. I just why do you think that why do you think that was? I was really ashamed. Mm. I was really yeah. ashamed. I was really like embarrassed that they were coming to see me at my lowest, lowest, mm. lowest, lowest point. So I'm bald, I'm sick, I have like dark circles in my eyes, I don't have eyebrows yeah. or hair anywhere, like I look yeah terrible and I feel mm. bad and I don't feel right. like myself so I don't want people coming to see me like that so yeah 
I just, I didn't want people coming over. I didn't want people calling me. Mm. Yeah. I think I've talked to um, quite a few people that have been going through treatment during COVID and they have to be alone. Like no one can come in. And they actually say like, um, Nina was saying this on her episode a few weeks ago that she liked it. Actually, she was like happy because she didn't want to feel like she had to entertain anyone oh. or, you know, put on a, like a smiling face for people that are in the chemo room with you or in the hospital, for, wow. like in your case. Wow. So maybe that was part of it. Like you didn't want to be like having to, you know, pretend. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it was. I just, I didn't want to see anybody pretend yeah. or not pretend. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it was, I was like, oh my God, just, just get out of here. Don't waste yeah. your time. And they would, they would come they would come anyways. I remember one, a friend, Christina from high school, Mm. she like came and she came to the hospital and she like found my room somehow. And she was at the door and I was like, like, why is she here? And I looked at Mm. her and I was like, and I just rolled over and went back to sleep. Like, why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not feeling good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It just was interesting, but I do feel like a support system, a healthy, strong support system it's very important to mm-hmm. recovery. I think so. I was also in a support group um, and that was insanely helpful. And I know people have like differing opinions around support groups and group therapy, mm-hmm. but I am so happy I was in it. Like right. it, it changed does. my entire experience. It does. And I feel also too with that. So did you do any like, um, uh, not, uh, besides the group therapy, did you do one-on-one therapy at all? I did afterwards, but I don't know. I For some reason, I'm not a big fan of, like, one-on-one therapy. Hmm. I don't know why. I like coaching. I like, like, I've had a coach before. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't felt, and I don't, I just don't think I've met the right therapist for me. You know, I feel like it takes quite a few to, like, mm-hmm. meet the match. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I just haven't, like, connected with one. I always feel like they're judging me for some reason. Really? Yeah. Which again, I think I just haven't met because I know amazing therapists that I haven't gone to, but, and I know it's like immensely helpful for people. Um, But yeah, I just haven't found the right one. feel like they don't understand you because they haven't been through it. Yeah. That's probably part of it. Yeah. yeah, I do feel like it's hard to take advice from people who haven't been in yeah, exactly. a situation. I hate that. And it's like, mm, that is hard. off a book and I'm telling you from experience, like, I don't know. Yeah. I really want to listen. So I guess a group session would be better because you guys are all talking mm-hmm. together about your experiences, what's going on, how you feel, how mm-hmm. you can help each other. So that's a lot different than saying, well, according to this book, it says that you should do this. And I have 15 years of study. It's like, yeah, 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 that's true. I think that was really hard. Like my therapist I went to, she was like my age and, you know, hadn't gone through cancer. So I'm like, well, you don't get it. Yeah, yeah, they definitely don't get it. It's totally different. Yeah. yeah, and not that they need to, but like I don't know. I wanted some like tools, and I didn't feel like I was getting that. What kind of tools did you were you seeking? I think just I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was like exploring, you know, mindfulness and stuff like now that I know kind of more about it mm-hmm. or things like that. Um, 
I just felt like it was, it was like, I was just like talking to someone and they weren't really responding back to me. Like I was just like, like That's brain so dumping true. out. That's so true. They do that. They do that. They do that. Yeah. I'm like, can you say something? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I, you know, I have some therapists that are like that and they'll say, well, how exactly would you like your sessions to go? It's like, oh God. Never yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. How can I help you? It's like, oh God, well, this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. Isn't yeah. What I expect. Isn't that what I signed up for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it's yeah. hard. It's really hard. So yeah, the group was amazing. I think too, because I love like when people share their stories and then I feel more comfortable disclosing mine. Yes. Um, so I think that's why group therapy, because we're all just like saying everything that comes to our mind and no yeah. one's judging and we're all, we've all been through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and they were all survivors. So it was like looking at people on the other side. I was the only one going through treatment. Oh, which was really so helpful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I do. So feel, so nice. I also have a little thing on my Instagram. It's an Instagram takeover I have. And I have different survivors. Yeah. And I'll talk about their stories and how they're doing and stuff. And I'll get mm-hmm. a lot of patients or cancer, not like they're my patients, but cancer patients that reach yeah. out to me and they'll say, oh my God, like this is helping me so much. I love to oh, see. Oh, I love that. I like to see people who have had cancer, but now they're thriving, mm-hmm. they're doing better, their life is, they're back on track. And I feel like mm-hmm. having that gives you hope that it's going to be okay. 100%. Cancer is, this thing is tough, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. It's hard and it's, yeah. Go ahead. It's hard when we're younger too, like to find people to relate to, but also to find people that, um, you know, have gone through it, and like you said, are out on the other side, like living their best lives, and um, yeah, I think that's hard to find. So, which is why the support group is so helpful. Yeah, it really is. I think it's key that people um, find a support group or mm-hmm. having group or people they can talk to about their feelings or have other yeah. people on the other side that have done well and they're successful and their treatments are have have worked and they're cancer free talking to like them, this podcast them. yes exactly <laughs> that's exactly what people need to be hearing and doing and seeing and uh, yeah tuning into because you got to listen to optimistic things and positive mm-hmm. things and all that so do you know anything about the law of attraction not really no I mean just like that you attract what you give out yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's exactly what it is yeah okay so it's like this with this podcast you yeah. you're, you're uh, putting out there in the, in the, in the universe or <clears throat> the world about mm-hmm. people's experiences and how they overcome this trauma mm-hmm. and they're doing well and better and so more like-minded people are going to come to this and see the yeah. support and all that so Law of attraction is pretty important. You should look yes. it up. Look it the up. Law of attraction. When you're journaling, you should, okay. you should. And that's what it is. It's just It just talks about attracting what you want in your life. So mm-hmm. if you want health, wealth, abundance, success in some some sort of area, you write it down, you, you manifest it, you meditate on yeah. it, you start creating it, and it starts dropping in your life like little rain. Yeah. Really I mean, does. I fully believe that all works. So. It's yeah. so amazing. I yeah. love it. Let's see. Yeah. Any other, okay, so one last question before we are done. Okay. With life, do you feel 
like we should be living and leaving a legacy Mm. or should we just be kind of just, you know, enjoying life, no pressure, you know, if Mm. if you end up doing something amazing and great, that's cool. Or do you feel like in life you should like, you know, be pushing towards something great and leaving a legacy and something behind for, for people to remember or try to emulate? Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I think, I think, I mean, I think every person is different. And if you want to just chill and enjoy, like, just, you know, whatever, then that's great too. Like, I don't think there should be a rule. Yeah. But for me, I mean, I, and I also think that every single person makes a difference in one way or another in somebody's lives. So I do think that it's being left somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I personally would, yes, want to like leave behind something. And one of my affirmations that I've been writing every morning mm. is, um, I am making a difference every single day. Oh, I like that. So that's one I've been writing. Um, cause I think that's, I, I noticed like some insecurities I have, whether it's like with coaching or, you know, like day job of digital marketing is like, the insecurity I have is if I, am I really helping people? Like that's when I start questioning myself. So that like affirmation of like, I'm making a difference in people's lives. Like that's what's important to me. So, um, yeah. So ideally, yes, I would like to leave some legacy, something behind, like I, now that I went through all of that, it's like, what, there was a purpose for that. Like there was a reason. Yes. Yes. Okay, so what's the legacy that you want to leave behind? You want to help, but in what aspect, what manner? Are you going to leave a nonprofit? Are you going to leave a stadium? Uh, some sort of... Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. You don't know? Okay. I don't know yet. I For now, I want people... Two things. I want, like, the cancer, you know, community and, like, patients and everyone. Like, I want everyone to be more interconnected. And I think this podcast, I mean, this podcast has helped me connect with so many people in the cancer community and it's been incredible. Um, And I want other people to like feel that connection. I want to do something with this podcast and I don't know what yet, but have some type of community where it's like our guests are involved and, Mm -hmm. you know, like something along those lines. I just don't know what yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to think about that and manifest that one. We'll see what comes up. You you will. You will. (laughs) And, um, and then the other is helping people just live healthier, happier lives through coaching and like teaching people that, you know, it doesn't have to be so hard to like feel great and feel healthy and energized and amazing. So right. those are kind of my two. I don't okay. know if they're legacies last, yet. Last question. <laughs> last question. Yeah. So you have gone through a transformation because you went through this trauma. You're not the same individual anymore. You're a totally different person. Um, what would you tell the little mm. girl you when you were a little girl? What advice would you have given her? The, the now, the new version of yourself. Oh, that's so hard. Oh, it can't be an easy interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would tell her so many things. Um, one thing that my dad always says, and it's hard to believe sometimes, but I, he always says everything will work out. Oh my and I, gosh, yeah. 
I believe that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so I would tell her that. And just not to, I mean, it's, again, so much easier said than done. And I still do it. But just, like, not to sweat the small stuff and not to care so much about what people think. Because I think that caused me so much stress and anxiety when I was younger. Before, like, cancer, even, you know, in my early 20s. Um, and if I, you know, if I could tell her that and she would listen, then maybe she would be a lot less stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like you have a A type personality, so it is kind of hard. I have the same kind of. Oh, really? Yeah. Do I? Okay. Yeah. Well, they're very driven individuals and they're pretty yeah. critical, but it yeah. is really hard not to be perfectionist at things and mm. and not to want to be the best and not settle for anything less. Yeah. It's hard, I know, but yeah. it's important just to know that it's all going to work out. You know, one, yeah. way, one way or the other, it's, it's all going to work out. And not to stress so much because we're not going to be mm-hmm. here forever. One day, we're all going to be dead. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even like making that at all, which is terrible. But it's like, just enjoy life. One minute I know. here and the next minute. Yeah. You know? Next and minute. it goes by so fast. Like, can you believe it's, this pandemic has been a year? I can't. I, can you believe we're already in February? No. Okay. I cannot. It's like spring here. And it's crazy. It is. It goes by so, so, so fast. I'm just. Yeah. I can't believe it. I yeah. remember being like six. I remember being 12. Yeah. Like 16. You know, thirty six. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Time it goes by so fast. It goes by so fast. It. it really, it mm-hmm. really does. You just have to yeah. enjoy your life. So, <clears throat> one thing, one more, one more, one more. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have a motto that you live by at all? Oh gosh, I don't know if I have a motto. Besides, everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. Or I'm trying to think, like, what do I tell myself all day? <laughs> I don't know if I have a motto, honestly. Do you? You must have one. A motto? Um, yeah, I just tell myself it's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. Always. Yeah. No matter what. And yeah. I always say that everything happens for a reason. Like you were saying, there's a reason mm-hmm. why you got cancer. I feel like there's a reason why I got it as well. I don't yeah. feel like oh, it just I fully. Yeah. Yeah. I fully believe that. Mm-hmm. yeah so maybe that's a motto yeah everything happens for a reason yeah that's a good one and any yeah. advice to any new newly cancer diagnosed patients yeah I think try to find support wherever you can I think that's huge um whether it's a support group or a virtual you know community or something I think that's really important. And then I think also finding something that like you're passionate about that reminds you that the world is bigger than what is currently happening. Yes. Um, It's hard in the moment (laughs) to do that and figure it out, but it makes such a difference. You know, if you're figuring out like, okay, what's gonna, what can I do to like make this meaningful? And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like, it doesn't right. have to be Brandy speaking at all these events. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, no. And, something small. Yeah. Yeah. Something small. Like just anything. I think 
finding something else besides just sitting in like the why and the sadness right really does help that's true well you have been an amazing guest, Miss Lee. I had a fantastic time interviewing you. You did so me well. Me too. You had an oh my a gosh, for the day. You. <laughs> Woo. You're a fantastic interviewer, so thank you. Thank you. It's off the top. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I love those questions. I might steal some. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I know. I should have wrote a couple of them down, but we'll just, as we're going along. They were good. Yeah. I love them. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll send you some. Yeah, please do. Any <laughs> questions if you like. Okay, well, this was nice and I appreciate it. If you ever want to Thank do it you, again, Randy. let me know. Yes, I loved it. I liked being in the hot seat. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, a, it's a good change. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. And like, what's your next move? Like, where are, can people like find, you know, see you somewhere? Um, see me anywhere? I don't know yet, but they can follow me on Instagram. Okay. <clears throat> Brandy L. Benson, and that's probably where Perfect. people can find um, my up to date information. So I'm posting on okay. quite a bit, but yeah. amazing. Yeah. All right, perfect. Thank you, Brandy. You're welcome. This was fun. It was so fun. I loved it. Next time, we'll need a glass of wine or something. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. We can do it again next time. Next time. Yes. yes. Next time. Life update. Life update. I'm down. Let's yeah. do it. We got to do it. Or we can be working out together, doing some yoga. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Would I love, love that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you. I of am. course, have a wonderful night and please keep in touch. I will. And I'll be bothering. I'm going to send you a text in just a second. Yes. Please do. Okay. okay. Talk to you later. Thank you. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens before, during, and after cancer. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. Follow along for updates and guests on Facebook and Instagram at Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast.